Welcome to the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I'm here to bring you a version of spirituality that will uplift you, inspire you, and make you feel good. Your belief system does not matter. Everyone is welcome. And along the way, I hope I will help you to build your own spiritual blueprint that will make you feel 100% good about yourself. This is what I have done for myself, thanks to my intuition. So come along for the ride and let's light up the world. You don't need to be religious or even to believe in God. This is an inclusive and diverse space. Let's do this. I'm so pleased to come for another episode of the True Spirituality with Ange podcast, but also specifically about the one about anger, where I'm going to explore uh, whether spiritual people get angry. And I'm particularly interested to talk about anger because it's a taboo. Uh, anger is something that is constantly repressed in society. Uh, but when you repress something without giving people a way to express their feelings, it can lead to depression, but it can also lead to extreme aggression uh, because it's bubbling inside of you and it's not going anywhere unless you deal with it in a healthy way. Now, what's also very, very funny is that I have scheduled this topic quite a few weeks ago. And I kept on pushing it back, uh, thinking I was maybe procrastinating, even though I've already written an article on Medium about this. Um, let me just check the date because I can't remember exactly when it was published. Um, and yet um, I do trust in the, you know, in, in a sense of timing that comes from intuition and it must have been my intuition working at it because even though I had no intent initially to sign up for what I'm just going to talk about in a minute. Um, in a way, I feel that I had to wait until this happened in order for me to um, to be aligned with what's, what's happening. So um, basically, <laughs> this is very cryptic. Let me be clearer. I signed up for a retreat that was that is called the race release retreat that happened literally this week as I'm recording this episode so it could not be more aligned in terms of time um, and I think it's a very important topic not just uh, for the spiritual community but generally for mental health and you may or may not know that I am actually a mental health first aider. I take this um, these things very, very seriously. And I want people to be having a healthier relationship with their own anger. So the article that I wrote, and that shows you that I've had this topic on my mind for quite a long time, was published on the 13th of November. So you're talking two months ago. Uh, yes, this is a very, very important topic. Um, and I think the time is now. I don't know why. Perhaps when you listen to it, you'll think, oh, my God, I so needed to hear this today. Um, 
I want to explain to you that for years I thought that getting angry was not something spiritual people did because I was raised in the false belief that spiritual people were like saints, that they never experienced negative emotions, that they never, never lost their shit, that they were always in control. And I don't think that's the case. Um, I think spiritual people do get angry. Jesus got angry. Gandhi got angry. I'm sure Martha Luther King got angry. Um, of course, if you want to get some results in society, you need to channel this anger in a, in a healthy way because um, we live in societies that uh, repress violence, which is understandable. We don't want people to become violent and to attack other people or do things that are... Uh, harmful to others but at the same time sometimes it's the society that has systematic um, violence towards certain people especially marginalized groups and um, and that's never talked about either so anger is everywhere everybody would benefit from understanding first of all that it's completely normal to get angry that there's no shame to have about it and that when you understand your anger, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in this episode, then it, it will really be helpful for you moving forward. Um, I also want to add, because I'm the mother of four autistic children, and I think I understand autism quite well by now. I have even had once uh, an autistic expert say, you know, you're quite an expert now too. Uh, please own this, that it is more difficult for autistic children to manage their own anger, uh, although I admire my own children for how much they care about other people and how you know they will just walk away from a situation so that as not to let that anger become out of control, even though it's more difficult for them than for the other people to, to manage it. And I suppose, in a way... I think it's very healthy. Getting angry is very healthy. And yet I was raised to um, believe the opposite, the absolute opposite of this. So for years, I never got angry and I felt superior to other people because I did not get angry and they did. And I thought this was some sort of moral superiority that I had. Everyone around me also seemed to have an anger issue. My mum, my dad, but also other people. But what I did not realize is that I was attracting these people into my life because I had no space for my own anger. So it's almost like other people had to live it vicariously for me. And this ties in a little bit with the law of attraction, how if we have a lot of anger, even if it's repressed, even if we're not even aware of it, because we've pushed it down so much that it's um, at the very bottom of our subconscious, the, the vibe is still there. It's never going to go away until you learn to express that anger. So if that's you, if you recognize yourself in what I've just shared, become aware of what's happening. Become aware that you're probably in freeze mode in terms of your nervous system response, perhaps because you never had a space where you could be angry when you grew up. Or maybe you're in a relationship right now, which was the case for me only a few years ago, that does not allow you for you to be angry either because you're being abused. So um, 
squashing it down, the problem is you might think it's dealt with. It very often springs back up in illness. Repressed anger can be very, very hard on the body. A lot of people who have high blood pressure actually suffer from repressed anger. I'm not saying this is the answer for everybody who has uh, um, high blood pressure, but I wouldn't be surprised if some studies were done if they had found a link between the two. And I might actually go and check that out after I finish this episode, because I don't like to state things unless I've done a bit of research around it. So my anger wasn't going to go anywhere until I dealt with it. And it's almost like, I want you to see the image of, an um, you know, the anglerfish. Um, there's one, in, I think, in Nemo. It's those fish that sit at the bottom of the sea and that have a little uh, light that as part of their um, body that attracts other fish so they can trap them in, in there um, to eat them, basically. So just because it's at the very bottom of your subconscious doesn't mean it's not there and doesn't mean it's not causing some damage within you. Um, and, and I think that's, uh, that's one of the most toxic, uh, probably product of religion. Um, I understand why people have to be taught that violence is not okay, but I think there's a big difference between anger and violence. So being spiritual for me is taking responsibility for our feelings. And, and so we need to take responsibility for anger. And the first thing to do is to recognize that we get angry and to feel it in the body if we can. So as I was saying earlier, if you're in trauma response, if your nervous system has been shut down for whatever reason, I have realized through this um, rage release retreat that I've lived most of my life in functional freeze. So I'm not an expert in trauma, but what I've learned to understand through the research that I've done so far is that functional freeze is when you're able to function, but you're numb. You're numb from head to toe. You don't feel your emotions anymore. And I, I don't for the most part. The problem is when you're numb, you don't feel the anger, you don't feel the hurt, but you will not feel joy either. So it's really important for us to, to work on our nervous system so we can feel all the emotions, even though that might feel very, very, very scary. Okay. So for me, being spiritual is taking responsibility for our feelings because this way we don't project them onto other. And it's very typical for people who repress their own negative emotions because they've been taught that they were bad people, bad children for having negative emotions. And that's very, very common. You know, a lot of parents of, um, in my, my parents' generation, uh, we're raising kids with very little awareness of psychology. And, and for them, an angry child was just a child that was disrupting the home and all they wanted to do was to squash it. And they thought that by doing that, they were doing the right thing. And once we learn better, we, we know better. So this is not to blame. I think we've gone a long way in the past 100 years into understanding more about around psychology. There's been some tremendous uh, advances in psychology. Uh, I do want to point out, though, that is one religion or one spiritual tradition that is has always been ahead of the trend, and that's Buddhism. Um, and I want to mention 
uh, Buddhism specifically because Buddhism helps people deal with their negative emotions. And Thich Nhat Hanh, who is one of my favorite spiritual teachers, a Vietnamese monk who is now in the spirit world, wrote an entire book about anger. And I think that's that's a wonderful thing. Okay, so there are tools out there. There are books out there. This podcast is not meant to be completely comprehensive, but it's it's I want to start the conversation around this. Okay, so when we repress our feelings because we've been taught that we were naughty or that we were bad people for feeling negative, what happens is you tend to act out. And, and then you wonder why you've just done something, you've hurt someone, you've said something hurtful because you got out of control. And what happens and what you need to understand that this is a cycle um, that goes this way. First, you have a thought that leads to an emotion that leads to a behavior. And when it comes to anger, it's very, very, very common that anger is triggered by fear. So to understand anger, we need to understand our fears. And um, I have been listening to actually another book of Thich Nhat Hanh that talks about our four find fundamental fears, uh, which um, I will pick up in a minute. Um, so the other thing that happens when we repress our feelings is that they can build up until we explode. And then we will explode on a very small trigger. It might be something that's not even related to what's happening, but because we haven't tended to our emotional health, um, it builds up and up and up, and then we just explode. And that's what my dad used to do all the time, like a pressure cooker, which is a point where it's just going to go off. Uh, and over time, and I've mentioned this at the very start of this episode, what can also happen is if you repress your anger for too long, you will get depressed. And um, I love that this is something that Abraham Hicks talks about. Um, they are one of my favorite spiritual teachers um, at the moment or of, of almost all times. I'll put Thich Nhat Hanh and them on the same shelf <laughs> in terms of books and teachings. Uh, so depression is because you're not able when people come out of depression usually they get angry and it's a good thing but for the people around us and for society in general when you get from depression to anger people will try to push you back down which will you push you back back into depression which is not a, a good thing so it, I hope that you've understood by now through what I've been sharing that ignoring negative emotions can make them worse and also what's going to happen is you're going to judge other people harshly for having the emotion that you're not allowing yourself to express. So this is going to reduce your levels of compassion for other people who are going through the same thing as you because you've not allowed yourself to express or to feel these feelings. Why should others have the right to do that? So you're going to be dismissing others even harder because you've dismissed yourself first. And you would almost feel like this sense of bitterness if someone else was allowed and you're not. You know, it's like the children. If they see one of their siblings that's allowed to do something and they're not, it feels very unfair. And you might not even be aware that it, that's everything that's going on in your mind as you do these things. You might act on impulse because you're not aware of what's going on beneath the surface, maybe because you're completely frozen like I was. And the last um, of the five you know, things that can happen when we repress our feelings is we can become passive aggressive. 
So, um, you know, you're going to make a, a snide remark or you're going to look at people with contempt or you're going to judge people for doing something that you don't do, even though you would actually probably like to do it, but you're not owning up to that. So everybody else is um, on the receiving end of this, um, this unhealthy energy. Just a small pause to mention something quite exciting that's happening right now. I have created a quiz and I was wondering if you'd like to take it. So in order to do that, um, I will be adding a link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter, which means that you'll receive my musing, some others, and um, then you'll make sure that you know what kind of content I put up because I'm also an author with um, the Taoist Online on Medium. So the quiz. Um, I work with a framework with my one-to-one -one client called the EPIC framework. And this framework enables you to um, establish the foundations of your success. Most people don't reach their full potential because these four um, pillars are not in place. And these pillars for me are energy, prosperity, intuition, and mindset. So if one of these pillars is not rock solid, uh, when you reach a certain level of success, you will be uh, probably sabotaging yourself. So this is what it can look like. Um, you know, you, you've just had a promotion or your business is doing really well. Your relationship is amazing. Um, you love your life, but then you get very sick. Perhaps because you don't have time to rest, you're constantly on the go, etc. So that's the energy pillar. The prosperity pillar surprises me often, but it can happen for people who are actually really um, successful, um, their money's coming in beautifully, but then whenever they reach a level that goes above what they're comfortable with with money, and this can be an unconscious thing, a huge bill comes in or something breaks down, or and it almost seems like whenever they have this big, big part of money coming in, it's immediately used for something else. That's when your prosperity pillar needs working on. Um, Intuition is more likely to be about um, a little bit about the law of attraction as well. It's it's around uh, being able to make decisions in an easy to get in the flow of life and also um, to start understanding that it's not all down to you, that the universe actually co-creates with you. And the last one, mindset, uh, I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't want this interruption to be too long, but... Um, you can see how these four pillars are absolutely vital if you want to reach your next level of success without having to sacrifice your health, your relationships, or even your sanity. So um, make sure you sign up for my newsletter. You will receive um, the quiz as a PDF, and I'd love to know which of the four pillars needs more work for you. So feel free also to reach out. Uh, the best way to do that is on Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Ange de Lumière on both. And I'd love to hear from you. Um, so what is a more healthy way to manage our anger? First, we need to start with acceptance. 
It is absolutely normal for us to get angry. Anger is a healthy emotion as long as we express it and use it healthily. It's not good or bad. There are not good and bad emotions. Of course, there are emotions that make us feel bad and there are emotions that make us feel good. But intrinsically, there's nothing right or wrong about anger or any other emotions. So the first thing is to accept these emotions and to acknowledge them. If you are able to say to yourself, this makes me angry, and you're able to voice it, you've already um, disconnected some, or you've already put the fire out on the emotion. That doesn't mean the emotion is completely gone, but it's not dangerous anymore because you've acknowledged it, okay? Um, and because when you're in denial, what happens, it just festers. And then you numb it with food, drink, sex, Netflix, whatever, because you can't express it. You've not given that yourself that permission. And maybe nobody else around you is giving you that permission. So you, you're stuck in that cycle. Now, because I explained to you earlier that anger is almost always coming on the back of fear, I want to talk to you about the five fundamental fears that Thich Nhat Hanh shares in his book called Fear. So the five fundamental fears is I am going to grow old. I am going to become ill. I'm going to die. I'm going to be separated from the people that I love the most. And I'm going to suffer the results of my acts. Okay. So these apparently are the five fundamental fears. Now, it is quite true that we live in a society that is in denial about the nature of our, us growing old. And it's not always in denial, but we're in denial of how much ageism we carry within ourselves and uh, towards others. Um, I realized that a couple of years ago when someone I, I knew on Facebook, uh, a coach, was sharing how as her mother was getting older, she was getting into her 70s, people wouldn't even talk to her anymore. They would talk to her daughter, literally the person I've just mentioned now rather than the woman when they were together. And that is so dismissive because we assume that old people lose their marbles, have dementia, Alzheimer, cognitive uh, uh, you know, impairments, whereas that's not exactly true. Some people do, some old people do, but not all people do. And I've actually recently learned, which is something that fascinates me, that research into sleep has shown a direct link between dementia, Alzheimer, and people who don't have enough sleep or suffer from insomnia. So it's not actually a result of age, it's a result of, of issues with sleep, sleep disorders. But what people don't understand is the reason why a lot of people, when they come to old age, become more ill, is because they are now paying the price for the accumulation of their lifestyle. So when you do certain things that are not healthy in your youth, your body has the resource to overcome your lifestyle bad choices. However, what the more you progress in time, the more this is going to catch up with you. And in, interestingly enough, it, this was the number five of the fundamental fears, that you are going to inherit the results of your action. So suppose that you were um, not very good with your sleep um, routine 
well, it's going to catch up with you at one point or another. And that can actually create some huge health issues. Apparently, um, so um, heart disease, um, diabetes, and Alzheimer have the three being directly linked to sleep disorders. I had no idea personally, because it's been hammered on in the news that it's linked to diet or lack of exercise or whatever. So, you know, do your research, find out information and, 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 but also face the fact that every day you're dying. Every day our cells die, are replaced by other cells. It is not inevitable that at one point we will lose our memory, our marbles, our capacity to think. And I know quite a few people that I've admired in my family, elders who were brightest buttons and who kept, you know, had maybe they had better lifestyles than the other ones. I don't know. Um, but um, I, I want you to understand that it's okay to grow old. Actually, it's a privilege. Personally, I think it's a privilege. And I'll take the good with the bad. There is good and bad at all stages of our lives. Second fundamental fear, I'm in the na nature of having ill health. Now, it's interesting because at the same time, I agree and I disagree. Yes, we have all become ill at some point. I haven't not met a person who's never been ill. Uh, but I will say as well that it also depends on our lifestyles. It depends on our mindset. It depends on so many different things. Our health is not just nutrition, sleep, um, and exercise. Uh, a lot of the mindset, the thoughts um, come into it as well. And I want to recommend that you follow a wonderful person called Emma Turton. She's also been a guest on my uh, True Spirituality Summit last summer. Well, it was summer last year now. So if you want to go on to Thinkific, specifically um, The Spiritual Lawyer, which is my platform, I've mentioned it before on this podcast, um, please go and listen to what she has to say about illness and health and, and how we can go to the root of illness very often by looking at um, our emotions and our beliefs. Number three, I'm in the nature to die. It's inevitable, we're all going to die one day, and yet most of society lives as if we will never die. Whenever someone dies, people say, oh, that's awful. Yeah, it is awful for the people who are left behind. We are gonna miss them. Uh, and I personally, I have um, a lot of relatives who are now um, dead. If I, I, it's just that I don't believe in death anymore because I've had too much, um, too many messages from my departed loved ones to continue to believe that um, believing in life after death is a fantasy. And I was actually listening to Thich Nhat Hanh this morning on my run where he was talking about that and saying literally, and I'm so sorry, I haven't captured the words yet, but I think it was in the essence of um, scientists actually uh, have not caught up on um on death because um even if the body dies it actually becomes part of nature um you know feeds nutrients into the soil that then can grow plants so actually we continue to live through our cells when they get recycled into another form of life so even if it's on that basis um it's never gone but of course 
there's the fact that we live in the hearts of the people who used to love us. So that's again, um, so yes and no, we're in the nature to die, but at the same time, um, thinking that once we die, that's it, there's nothing left, um, is an extreme position. Right, all of that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change. Um, this cannot be more true than, for example, with our children. Uh, they grow up, they leave the nest. And in my own experience, and I haven't shared this publicly before, one of my children is refusing to talk to me. I have done the same with my mom. I am not in touch with her. I haven't talked to her in four, four years. So these kind of things happen. And even though it's bringing me a lot of sadness, I've come to accept it. So I'm not saying I'm superhuman because I've accepted most of the fears that I'm listing now. I suppose I'm sharing to show you that it's possible to face these fears and when they actually happen to you, realize that maybe it's not as bad as you thought it would be, which is a whole separate topic of mindset. And that's what we talk about in clinical hypnotherapy to help with phobias and fears and beliefs and all sorts of things. But I think it's interesting to talk about it in this episode. So you have... Uh, a little peek into the bigger picture. And I inherit the, the results of my acts of body, speech, and mind. I think sometimes people that they think that they can get away with their thoughts or the thoughts that they've been having. And I'm here to deliver some bad news because um, in my uh, at least 10 years uh, of being a Reiki master, actually, I'm thinking I was a, I became a Reiki master in 2008. So how long does that make me? Um, how long have I been a Reiki master for? We're gonna, we're gonna count from 2023, because 2024 only just started. Um, so I've been a Reiki master for 15 years. And I have seen that literally our thoughts, if we think them habitually for a very long time, become thought forms. So they become an energy outside of us that lives within our energy field or even in our home that start to control us. So um, I will say there is definitely some truth in, in those five fundamental fears um, that Thich Nhat Hanh listed in his book. Now, I want to finish this episode, I don't want it to be too long, by talking about the fact that anger is never the presenting problem. So what you want to do is you want to look at anger like an iceberg. And I've shared about this um, in my new community called Hurt Not Heard on Facebook. It's a community for women only. And I apologize to men because I am actually very happy to work with men one-to-one. -one. But for this particular group, we've decided with Chantal van der Hagen, with whom I've created this group, that it would be better to, to create it for women only, especially for women who have been hurt by men and who um, need a safe space in order to express their feelings. So anyway, I've shared in the group a graphic for the anger iceberg that shows that the presenting problem when you have anger is rarely the anger, it's something underneath. So I've talked about fear earlier, but it could be other, it could be a belief. So for example, so 
there are three levels, and this is what I learned from the Rage, uh, Rage Release Retreat. So I want to give credit to Caroline Strawson for this. Uh, I will share a link to her work in the show notes as well um, so that you can find out more about her work because she works a lot with victims of narcissism. And, and maybe this is something that you've experienced and I'm sure you would learn a lot from what, what she does. So, but what I want to say is if you are consider yourself spiritual, you might have a tendency to bypass your anger and go straight into the gratitude. Uh, but if you do that, it's only lip service. Um, and there was actually a beautiful example of that in one of Bernie Brown's um, books that I've been listening on my runs. I think it's Daring Greatly where she explains that she was the victim or her house had been hit by a tornado or something and she was in a very difficult position and her friend called her to find out how she was and and Brene said oh I'm so grateful that we have this and her friend said no don't do that tell me exactly how you feel and she was able to vent and express her negative feelings about it. And then after that, it was so much easier for her to go into that true gratitude where you've realized and you've acknowledged how much pain you've been through. So then it's it's not fake when you start talking about maybe the blessings or you know the hidden blessings in what's been happening to you. But you can't do that until you've done the proper healing cycle of exploring all your emotions, validating. Even Abraham Hicks, who I absolutely adore, say say the same thing. They say that you cannot go from depression to happiness in one go. You have to acknowledge your feelings and work your way through an emotional scale. And I'm sure you'll be able to find online Abraham Hicks emotional scale and I encourage you to download that to to work to understand exactly how it works otherwise it's not going to make sense so the anger iceberg was first coined by Gottman the Gottman Institute by the founder and it does say that the presenting emotion is rarely the the real issue um, so what you want when you look at your anger is to identify what the trigger was. So it could be something that someone said. Uh, it could be something that happened. So try to identify exactly what was said and what hurt. Okay. Then I want as a second step, I want you to identify why it hurt, because you can say the same thing to 10 different people. And they will all react in a different way. And I will dare say that the person who doesn't have a wound anymore around what's been said will probably just laugh it off. Sorry, laugh it off. Whereas if you still have a wound, um, so if they have a scar, if they've never had the wound, they won't be touched as much. But if you have a wound, that anything that's put on it, like a bit of salt, will hurt tremendously. So this is what we're talking about when we say there's there's a, a wound there and you need to identify that as well. But at the bottom, there can be fear, shame, embarrassment, jealousy, anxiety, overwhelm, disappointment, all of these things please write them down, become aware of them, because this is gold for your healing journey, okay? And one of the insights I got from Caroline's retreat is to try to feel in your body where that anger sits so that you can actually process it and release it. 
Um, so if it was in your throat, maybe doing a bit of what? It doesn't have to be shouting. It could be just singing, could release some of that energy. I will talk about energy work at some point because obviously as, as a Reiki master, I have a lot of uh, information to share around energy and what we can do because what happens is energy that's trapped in the body will start to um, create some, some health issues. I had... Uh, I nearly died three times before I moved from France to the UK. And one of the things that nearly killed me was a cyst that violently or very suddenly uh, grew on my thyroid that nearly suffocated me. And that was actually years of accumulated anger towards my ex-husband, my first ex-husband. And it grew back up almost immediately after um, the professional, the medical professional um, sucked all the fluid out of the cyst. It was so bad, my anger. Um, but I, back then, I, I understood nothing about the link between the mind, emotions and the body. So I couldn't link it in to the fact that my my speech center, the energy center around my throat was completely blocked. Okay. So I want to encourage you to reach out to a professional if you're going through something like that um, so that you can get the support to start um, allowing your body to heal, but also to start expressing your feelings in a much healthier way. And if it's uh, the fact that you have an anger management problem issue, you know, don't be ashamed of it. Your shame will keep you locked into the problem. There's no shame in having an anger um, management problem because nobody's taught us nowhere, not in school, not our parents taught us how to deal with this anger. So don't feel the stigma just reach out for some help. Reaching out for help is actually a, a beautiful sign of strength, okay? So learn to recognize what are the signs for you when you start getting angry. For me, it's quite clear, I start swearing. I'm not a sweary person, but believe me, when I get angry, I swear a lot. So if I start swearing more than usual, I know that there's something brewing and I need to tend to it. But it could be that you clench your teeth. It could be that your mind goes blank. It could be that your muscles get tense, especially around your neck or your shoulders. You know, Build up a list of your warning signs so that you can keep yourself and everyone around you safe as well. And if you'd like to come and talk about something that's hurt you and made you angry, but that you don't feel anyone has really listened to it seriously, join our free community on Facebook, Hurt Not Heard. If you're a man who's experiencing these things, and obviously I've just told you you can't join our, com uh, our community, uh, I'm more than happy to work with you one-to-one. -one. You can find more about me on my website, www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I'll speak to you again uh, next week. Bye for now. for listening to the the true spirituality with Ange podcast i want you before you go if i could ask you to be kind enough to rate the podcast and write a review so that more people get to know about the podcast please also if possible share the episodes with people you think might be interested in listening to them especially if you've liked them a lot 
and um, understand that I'm also available to come and do um, expert talks um, to your communities, your memberships on either intuition in business, spirituality in business, mindset, um, energy, prosperity, and intuition. Thank you so much for listening.